not one to pray often and definitely not aloud, not where anybody else could hear me. But in respects to DMX, rest in peace, passed away yesterday, April 9th, today being Saturday, April 10th. Let's bow our head. Let's say a prayer. Lord, life has been really, really crazy lately. Seems like people are passing away everywhere. But we have to be thankful for you, thankful for the people that are still alive with us. We have to be thankful for the memories we are still able to create every day. We have to be thankful that we have jobs and are able to make money and we still have family and our friends and thankful for the things that make us us, our personality traits, our charisma, our looks, our whatever it is that each person is thankful for that is blessed with, we have to be thankful for. I am definitely thankful for DMX, his music. I know millions and millions and millions of people across the country, across the world are. And it's a crazy sad time, not just because of him, I mean, people are passing away with COVID-19 and cancer and car accidents and drug overdoses and things every day, all day. And it's sad, but we all realize how life works and that we need to be thankful for the things that we need to be thankful. So thank you for giving us what we got and keeping us alive while we're here. We all know life isn't promised tomorrow, but we do have the days that we have. Got to be blessed and appreciative. Amen. If you have never heard a DMX album, he would have a prayer in the beginning and a prayer at the end and sometimes a prayer through it in the middle of the album. So that's why we're going to start Edge of Your Seat podcast in that fashion. I've never done that aloud. Never, never. Now that I'm thinking about it, never, never, never. So don't laugh at me too hard. But I, I had to do something, and man, DMX passing away has been crazy. The last couple of days, he had an overdose, a heart attack. I don't know the order. I didn't want to read any stories. I'm trying just to remember how I felt about his music and what I thought of him, or still think of him, as a performer, as a lyricist, as a guy that I look at as kind of like a role model, an inspiration came from nothing, a hood, grinded it out, was all about being real and not being fake and stuck to his guns, maybe literally, but who he was as a person and his personality and didn't sugarcoat things, was real about everything. And it's not just me listening to his music and like, oh yeah, he couldn't be lying about that. I mean, the whole music industry is behind him, always has been. Even when he was doing drugs and, you know, leading to what happened. I mean, there's overdose and he relapses all the time for the last probably 10 years. The whole music industry was still behind him. Anytime that he was clean and got out of rehab or got out of prison, they were right there supporting him. He was right there on the radio. He was right there doing YouTube videos with Swiss Beats and the guys that helped make him famous and that he helped make famous. He was always right there as soon as he got done with doing his latest exploit or his latest adventure. Remember he stole the car at an airport and was driving through the airport all drugged out. But his music really meant something. It has touched millions of people across the country 
I can go on and on and on and on about all the songs and everything, what they mean to me. It was almost like he was narrating my life at points and how you deal with life. That was his main point of view. His main subject when he got on the mic was how life works and what you need to do to be a better person or you know, know your surroundings and the people around it and always watch your back. I learned that from him for sure. Learned how you're the only one really watching you. Sure, you got a mom, you got brothers and sisters and a family, but they're concerned about themselves and the rest of the family. You're the one that's got to be worried about you and what you're doing and making sure you put yourself in the right path, especially if you don't have role models and those people looking after you or those people telling you or guiding you in the right way. I mean, everybody can tell you something. There's always people chirping in your ear, but that doesn't mean they're giving you good advice. You have to be the person to weed out the advice that's good and bad or make your own advice and make your own road and put yourself in the right direction. Definitely learned that from DMX. And I've been doing it forever, it seems like. I rely on nobody but me and this mic to produce an awesome show. Just like DMX got under the mic and spoke to everybody. He was so passionate, so real. And I have a long, long show planned, programmed here, but I can't just like cut this short with DMX. Like that's how much love I have for his music. Never got to meet him as a person. I mean, I would have loved to. And of course, you know, he did have an addiction. He did go through lots of problems that was televised, that was aired, that was everywhere. But he wasn't afraid to talk about it. He was not afraid to get on a mic or a radio show or speak to somebody and be like, yeah, this is what's going on and this is why and this is how I'm trying to deal with it and very, very real. I will always respect and appreciate that about DMX, no matter what was going on in his life. He knew he was on a big stage. He knew everybody was watching. He didn't back down. He's like, yeah, I got demons and I'm going to do what I'm doing, even though I'm trying not to, and I'm just going to live my life. And he lived life to the fullest. The one thing that nobody can take away from DMX is he lived life. All stages. From broke to rich to famous rapper to that rapper people made fun of because of things that he was going to. To the rapper people appreciated and respected because he, for times, got over those bad things. Got over those trials and tribulations and got back good again. And of course... You know, he stumbled and slipped and he fell. But we all do at a time, right? We're all going to pass away him just earlier than we wanted. Earlier than he wanted, I suppose. I'm hoping. But when we're making these decisions, we have to think about the future too. If you're drinking yourself to death or smoking crack or doing these drugs that are taking away from your body every single time that you do them, you know. He knew. It's sad. I wish that he didn't get hooked to these things and would have made 15 albums as good as his first six. His first three, Dark and Hell is Hot, amazing. Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood is one of my top five albums of all time. All music, all everything. Love that album. I listen to it frequently. I actually just listened to it a month or two ago. Before that, probably a month or two before that, I am always listening to that album. I don't even skip the songs. I'll skip the skits because I've heard them a bunch of times and 
the skits are skits, but each song has a spot with me that I can't replace it or can't skip it. And then there was X, Grand Finale, Great Depression, all great, great albums and speak to you as a person. And man, it's going to be crazy thinking like, hey, DMX is never going to make another record. And I'm sure they'll do Greatest Hits. I think he's already got one that came out in 2010. But they'll do something else, another album of some sort. Maybe there's a couple new released verses or something like that. But it'll never be the same. Never, never, never. Nothing's always the same after it is that way for a while, right? Whether it's bad and then it becomes good or good, then it becomes bad. You know, nothing always stays the same. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And DMX proved it. He was a walking, living version of life. That's why I appreciate him. And I've been doing nothing but listening to DMX songs and albums for the last two or three days. And I'll probably keep doing it for a while. Rest in peace, DMX. Rest in peace. This is episode 162 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. Just got real, just got sentimental about DMX. One of the greatest MCs, if you ever ask me, for sure. Well, we got another MC on this show from, I guess he's from a couple places. He is a Freeport native, but now resides in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We got Illboy on the show talking about his music, and man, he's blowing up right now on Spotify right now. His song, First One Million Remix, has got 92,000. 331 listens, streams. Man is killing it, and it's a cool song. I probably account for five to ten of those. The other night, I just had it on repeat for a little bit, like, man, I, I really like this. This is good. He's killing it. He is on the show talking about everything he's got going on, his music. He plays semi-pro football. He is doing a lot of awesome things, so we had to have Ill Boy on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Also on the show, keeping music themed, we got Bring It Back with Lady Gaga. You guys voted for us to listen to her and break down that album as we stroll through the Rolling Stone Magazine Top 500 Albums of All Time list. She won the vote for this poll, and we're going to have another poll up probably later today or early Sunday. Again, today being Saturday, April 10th. We got a loaded show. Loaded, loaded, loaded. Let's do the plugs and let's get to it. Don't know where you're listening to this show. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Edge of Your Seat Podcast website, which is www.rss.com backslash podcasts with an S backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, want to do some advertising with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, or want to send us something, you got a box score, you got a story, you got something you want to share with us, send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And we got to give a big shout out to Brian Cavelli, who did the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We're going to start this show with a bunch of high school sports. Football is already four weeks in. Craziness. Volleyball going strong. Soccer going strong. We got All-State Girls Basketball Team to announce. We got all kinds of awesomeness. 
And of course, we got an awesome sponsor to bring it to us. This high school sports section is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Some high schools are doing six weeks, some high schools doing four weeks, five weeks in between, just depending on you know the COVID developments and how the structure of the school is. So schools are you know trying to get through and letting their boys play some football. We have been following, looking at Twitter, getting stats, talking to coaches and players for 27 high schools with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. So let's go through the records, see who they beat, see who they lost to. Man, I love football. It's so fun. <laughs> let's start with Amboy, who is 1-2. They have losses to Forreston, 38-6, and Eastland, 30-13. On Friday, yesterday, they beat West Carroll for their first win of the season, 16-8. Barrow Valley is now 0-3 after losing today, 44-0 to Erie Prophetstown. They have also lost to Newman, 42-0, and Hall, 26-7. Byron is 2-1. Started off the season with a 14-0 loss to Genoa Kingston, beat Oregon 24-16, and then yesterday defeated Stillman Valley, 34 14. Cole City is 3-1. Started the season with three wins. Streeter, 48-0. Mantino, 27-0. Lyle, 33-6. This week, falling to Wilmington on Friday, 24-21 in a nail-biter. DeKalb is now 2-1 after today's 41-7 loss to Naperville Central. Started off the season with a 58-21 win over Matea Valley and defeated Wabonzi Valley last week, 31-12. In that game against Wabonzi Valley, 44 runs, 311 yards. That is getting it done on the ground. Dixon, coming into this week, was 0-1 with a loss to Winnebago, 19-14. They are currently trailing Rockford Lutheran, 7-0 in the second quarter as they are playing Saturday afternoon ball. Fieldcrest is the heart of Illinois Conference champions. Finishing 4-0, their season is over. First week of play, they were ranked 8th in the Class 2A poll. They knocked off number 4 in the 2A poll. Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, 21-14. The next week beat DMAC, 46-6. Then in a crazy matchup everybody was paying attention to. Fieldcrest, who was number 5 in the 2A poll at the time, knocked off number 7 in the 3A poll, Eureka, 16-14. Then this week on Friday, knocked off El Paso Gridley, 45-14 to take the conference and just have a great time on the field. Who doesn't like to win? And they beat some really, really good teams along the way. Geneseo is 2-2 two two after defeating Quincy, 42-7 on Saturday, today. Started off the season with two losses. Galesburg 21-14 and Sterling 41-0. But then got a win this past Monday, so not quite a week ago, against Rock Island Alleman 32-21 in that game. Bruce Moore, 44 carries, 214 yards, 3 touchdowns. That is a workmanlike effort. Hall is 1-3, losing to St. B 27-6, Princeton 49-3, then got a win against Burrow Valley 26-7 last week. Then fell 42-14 yesterday to Kiwani. 
That was Kiwani's homecoming game, and that made them 2-1. Started off the season with a 21-14 win against Erie Prophetstown, lost to Princeton 43-7, and then beat Hall yesterday. Anawan Weathersfield is 3-1. Started off the season with a 24-6 win over Marquette, then defeated United Monmouth 56-44. They got their first loss of the season 41-14 against Ridgewood, and yesterday defeated Stark County 52-6 against Stark County. Quarterback Colton Quagliano, six touchdowns, five of them in the air. LP, I have done radio broadcasts with WLPO, 1220 AM and 103.9 with my buddy, Jeremy Aiken. Doing the home games with WLPO, LP's first game of the season was against Rochelle at home, 29-0 win for LP. Then LP went on the road and defeated Plano, 14-7. Yesterday, right after I got off work, raced to LaSalle Peru High School to check out this game. They beat a long, long, long standing rival in Ottawa. I saw from Scott Anderson, a photographer in the area with the News Tribune, said that this rivalry has been going on since like 1898, I believe, and it is the 40th oldest rivalry in the country. Not just in Illinois, the country. LP gets the 34-6 win to stay undefeated on the season. They are 3-0. In that game, junior Sean Whitfield was given the quarterback responsibilities as senior Tyler Hartman was dinged up last week in Plano. So Sean was the quarterback for, I'm going to say about three quarters. Tyler got in in the fourth quarter. They felt like he was good enough to give it a go. Just, to, you know, it's the senior year. It's a shortened season and trying to get them as many plays, as much tick as they can, because this is, you know, the dream of a lot of these kids playing varsity football, especially at Howard Fellows, which is a beautiful stadium. It's got turf for the first year and it looks amazing. If you're in the Illinois Valley area and you've not drove past LaSalle, Peru High School and checked out Howard Fellows turf, it is absolutely amazing. The stadium is one of the coolest places to watch football in the state of Illinois, if you ask me, and I've been everywhere. Southern Illinois, Western, Eastern, Northern, I've been all through here, and it is awesome. It is awesome. One of my favorite, favorite places to go watch football, and the turf just sets it off, even more than it did before with just a field. Whitfield did a little bit of everything. He had three touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground, and one defensively in the air. He only threw twice, 55 yards, one of them being a 41-yard touchdown strike to senior Drake Weber, another amazing athlete who does a little bit of everything on the field. Defense, he's the punter, field goal kicker, does everything, everything. All these kids can. It's awesome to watch. On the ground, Whitfield had 74 yards on 15 carries, and then he also had the 32-yard interception for a touchdown. He was our player of the game for WLPO, and he deserved it. He did everything, like I've stated about three times. Mendota got their first win of the season, defeating Rock Falls 42-28. After starting the season with a 49-7 loss to North Boone and a 30-26 nail-biting loss to Oregon, Morris took their first loss of the season on Friday, falling to Sycamore 21-14 and 
what I saw was called an instant classic on Twitter. Two juggernaut football programs. Sycamore is good usually every year. Morris is better than good every year. Wish I would have saw that one, but you know, I had responsibilities with LaSalle Peru, WLPO. Had to check out that game. But seeing Morris take the loss, that is after three wins. They defeated Rochelle 27-13, Plano 35-12, and Ottawa 35-6. LP and Morris will meet in Morris for next week's action. Newman is now 3-0, knocking off St. B today, 35-6. They've also beat Burrow Valley, 42-0, and Morrison, 14-7. After defeating Mendota, Week 2, Oregon goes back to the loss column against North Boone, 25-12 on Friday. Their other loss was first week action against Byron, 24-16. Marquette is now 2-2, and they're splitting the games. Loss, win, loss, win. First game of the season was a 24-6 loss to Anawan Weathersfield. Then they beat Stark County 37-8, lost to Princeville 36-14, and on Friday beat Ridgewood 30-14. So Anawan Weathersfield beat Marquette, then lost to Ridgewood, then Ridgewood, who beat Anawan, then loses to Marquette. It's like a three-headed cycle over there to see who's the better team. Ottawa is now 0-4 after the LP loss 34-6, losing to Plano 27, Morris 35-6, and Sycamore 27-7. St. Bede, with that loss to Newman, is now 3-1 after defeating Hall 27-6, United Monmouth 27-0, and Erie Prophetstown 42-40. Plano started the season off with a 27-7 win over Ottawa, but has since lost three straight, 35-12 to Morris. 14-7 to LP, and then on Friday, dropped another one to Caneland, 26-6. Princeton gets all of my thoughts, and I should have added them in the prayer at the beginning of this podcast. If this was a regular season, regularly played, nine games, postseason, I have Princeton going to state. They are so dynamic. Awesome players all over the field that are going to college, already committed, just great athletes. I feel they were state contenders, if not state champions. They're 4-0. Started off the season with a 35-14 win against Lena Winslow. 49-3 against Hall. 43-7 against Kiwani. And then yesterday defeated Orion, 48-7. In the 43-7 victory against Kiwani, Rondé Wirles became the Burrow County all-time leading rusher with 4,106 yards in his four-year career. This best, Todd Maynard from Burrow Valley, who went there from 2001 to 03, he had rushed for 4,001 yard. Rondé, who is a friend of Edge of URC podcast, has a couple more games to pad the numbers and make it tougher for the next person to try to catch that record. Congratulations to Rondé, amazing player. He is committed to Northern Illinois and I know he's going to do great things. He's actually going there as a linebacker instead of a running back. So he's ready for some D1 ball, play some football. Rochelle is 1-3, picked up their first win Friday, 13-12 against Sandwich. In that game, rushing dominated. Garrett Gensler, 142 yards. Ben Harvey had 89 yards and a touchdown. The first three weeks for Rochelle did not go as planned. 27-13 loss to Morris. 
29-0 to LaSalle, Peru, and 41-6 to Caneland. Sandwich with the loss to Rochelle is 0-3, previously losing to Caneland, 45-7, and Sycamore, 55-0. Seneca is now 0-3, lost to Moments, 32-26, and three overtimes on Friday. This is a week after going into overtime with Wateska and losing there 2014. So in the last two weeks, they've been to four overtime periods. That's crazy. And they started off the season with a 62-38 loss to Clifton Central. They are fighting, scratching, clawing to get in that win column after taking that 62-38 loss four overtimes. Just want to win. They'll get it. They'll get it. Sterling is now 4-0 for the fifth straight year. Thank you, Brian Stocking, for dropping that stat. And they didn't come by it easy. On Friday, in a tough matchup, Rock Island falling to 3-1 as Sterling wins the game 27-18. In that game, Sterling had 430 rushing yards. Noel Aponte, three touchdowns. Going to work. Sterling started off the season with three wins before picking up the fourth against Rock Island, defeating Alleman 21-6, Geneseo 41-0, and Quincy 28-7. Streeter is now 0-4, losing to Mantino 54-0 on Friday. Started off the season with a 48-0 loss to Cole City, dropped one to Piatone 49-13, and Hersher 34-7. Sycamore who in the instant classic defeated Morris 21-14 on Friday, is 4-0. Defeated Kalen 12-6 in the first week of action in overtime. Defeated Ottawa 27-7 and Sandwich 55-0. That's the 27 schools. It is awesome to see football being played. I love it. I know you love it. It is crazy awesome to talk about. We will get some guests to talk some football as we go through the I think I'm down to like 15. I think I got 15 conversations recorded, ready to go, and they're coming out. They're coming. They're coming. Some of those conversations that are ready to go are with girls that are on the IHSA All-State girls basketball team. Named to the team for 1A, Serena Jr., Katie Baker, Indian Creek Senior, Brooke Hyman, who became the Little 10 Conference all-time leading scorer this season. Abby Payne, a senior from Amboy, and another senior from Amboy, Mallory Powers. We have spoken with both Mallory and Abby and Amboy coach Mike McCracken. That is coming shortly on an episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Honorable mention for 1A, Leah Bosnich, a junior at St. Bede. Olivia Dingus, a junior at Amboy. And Gabby Jones, a senior at Amboy. Amboy having four players named to this team, and they deserved it. What a stellar season they had. Hinkley Big Rock senior Tessa Prelberg and Serena senior Taylor Statton also named honorable mention for 1A. In 2A, four girls that weren't paying attention to made the honorable mention list. Brooklyn Gertz, a senior from Seneca. Ava Colgin, a sophomore from Byron. Fieldcrest sophomore Ashlyn May. And a junior from Salmonock, Maggie Roberts. Making the 3A list, Brooklyn Borum, a senior from Sterling, Faith Feuerbach, a junior from Sycamore, and Kami Ludwig, a junior from Geneseo. Honorable mentions for 3A, Sterling's Breland Borum, 
sophomore Evan Carrier from Sycamore, and Dixon senior Abby Guthrie. Said those names a lot through the season and glad that they made the team. They all deserve it. With football being played, basketball, all-conference teams, and all-state teams being announced, there's also games going on as well, not just football. Saturday, and the pitch, boys soccer, Byron defeated Winnebago 2-1. Aiden Lambert and John Garone had the goals. Garone with a game winner. Four minutes left, gets a pass from Hayden Swartz, puts it in the back of the net to give Byron the 2-1 win over Winnebago. Friday on the volleyball court, Dixon fell to Rock Falls. Rock Falls taking the first set, 25-20. Dixon taking the second, 27-25. And then Rock Falls taking the match with a 25-14 set three. Wednesday had some volleyball and boys soccer action. On the volleyball hardwood, Mendota defeated St. Bede, 25-20, 25-21 in two sets. Ella Macy, 17 assists and 9 digs for Mendota. Also for the Lady Spikers, Lauren Martin, 5 kills, 5 digs. Jenna O'Donnell, 13 digs. And Jalen Fitzgerald, 13 kills. Seneca defeated Marquette in two sets, also on Wednesday. Boys soccer action, Indian Creek with a 2-1 win over Morris. Cam Russell and Brennan McNally with the goals. Drew Gaston, 2 assists. And in the net, a shutout for goalie Logan Ben. Also on the soccer field, LaSalle Peru defeated Plano 2-1 with the goals coming from Levi Halleck and Lion Gonzalez. That was a lot of high school sports and I love it. It is so awesome to be able to talk about it, watch it, cover it, radio broadcast, podcast, everything. It is fantastic. Hopefully next season we can do all of this stuff normal but right now at least we have something to talk about something to be happy for especially these kids you know that are only young ones high school is over with a blink of the eye on normal terms then you add something like this COVID-19 and not being able to have a normal senior year a junior year sophomore year freshman year whatever year you're in it's not normal and it's probably going by even quicker you're just doing school at home, or you were doing school at home. Sports aren't the same. Practices aren't the same. Nothing is the same. So I'm glad they're getting at least a little taste of something to be able to be competitive and get their athletic juices flowing. Well, that was the high school segment, and it is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After a miserable 2020 in every sense of the term, Mendota Shimmer Ford wants to keep 2021 awesome with style, comfort, and great deals. Stop by and see the 2021 Ford Bronco Sport and the 2021 F-150, which are both in stock. These are just a few of the options at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website, www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford, located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranic, will use their expertise and understanding on the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 
539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. I did it in November, bought myself a 2017 Chevy Malibu and I love it. It was a crazy easy process and I never enjoyed shopping for a car, buying a car until that experience. And I'm not just saying that because I'm advertising for Shimmer Mendota Ford. I legitimately enjoyed every step of it. I looked on their site online, saw a car that I wanted, reached out like, hey, what do we got to do to make this mine? And the rest of it was easy. I went there. I think I had it within a day. Sat at the desk. We talked about it real quick. All right, let's do the paperwork. It was that easy. It was that easy. Test drove it. I loved it. And here we are in April, and I couldn't be more happier. Probably the best vehicle I've ever owned. Seriously, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm going to drive that until the wheels fall off, or a ski would like to tell me, or until you want to upgrade and get something new. We'll see if that happens. I like what I got right now, that's for sure. It has been a couple weeks since there's been an episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. So I want to talk about some things. Some of it's already been discussed a lot throughout the last couple weeks if you listen to other outlets. But maybe my opinion's a little different, or maybe it wasn't talked about. Who knows? I know this one was. Chicago Bears signing Andy Dalton to a one-year, $10 million deal. Why? Russell Wilson was available. Probably the best bet. You get Andy Dalton. Not much better than Mitchell Trubisky. Probably the same parallel as Nick Foles. Or, if you like Trubisky better than Foles, flip what I said about the two. Same thing. A little bit better than Foles. Probably parallel with Mitch Trubisky. You really didn't improve much. Then, you make the defense worse by releasing Kyle Fuller. I think it is time for Ryan Pace, the general manager of the Chicago Bears, and the head coach, Matt Nagy, to be fired. The experience was cool. The experiment did not work. Let's move on. Now we're just playing with our emotions, we are playing with team money, and we're not getting the team any better. Just saying. Mitch Trubisky, after leaving the Bears, signs a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. He is now going to be a career backup. I doubt he ever starts again as a starter starter, unless something happens to the original starter. If something happens in Buffalo with Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky comes in, that's not him being the starter, that's him being a backup, second rate quarterback coming in to fill in. That is going to be Mitchell Trubisky's role until he falls to the third quarterback on the team and then eventually leaves. I say he's out of the league in probably four years. Yeah, that's my prediction. Sorry to say, but that's the prediction. Sticking with the NFC North where the Bears play, the Minnesota Vikings grabbed cornerback Patrick Patterson. I think he's a three-time All-Pro for Arizona. He is now a Viking. That is going to be bad news for any quarterback that plays the Vikings, especially NFC North teams like the Bears. He's a beast. He's a ball hawker. He tackles hard. He pokes the ball out. Not quite as good as Charles Tillman, Peanut, a Chicago Bear great. But he's really good at what he does, and he's going to be a headache for all teams and probably the Bears as well, especially if Andy Dalton is the quarterback taking the ball. Ugh. Anyway, anyway. Other news around the NFL. Jets trade Sam Darnold to Carolina Panthers for three picks. Makes sense. Sam Darnold, not a great quarterback, not an awful quarterback, probably middle of the road. Don't know if he's a career starter. 
But you got a guy coming out of Clemson who is going to be the number one pick named Trevor Lawrence that is a franchise quarterback. At least on paper, who knows what happens, how the NFL game transfers over from college, if Trevor Lawrence can do it. But on paper, the tool set that Trevor Lawrence has, he's going to be just fine. It makes sense for the Jets to get players, get a line, get some defense. Because the Jets have not been a good all-around team in quite a while. And it starts with the quarterback. You're going to have it. And now let's build around him. So why not get three picks? I think it was a smart move. Steelers keeping Big Ben, Ben Rethlisberger, and Juju Smith-Schuster, a wide receiver. They're returning to the Steelers. I mean, where else is Big Ben going to go? Juju probably had some options. But, I mean, why not stick with the train? They had a great regular season. Started to fall off at the end. Don't know if it was injuries, what happened. They kind of self-destructed. But they have the talent, and they prove they have the talent, to be a good team this upcoming season. One of my favorite players who is never going to be an all-star, a pro bowler, an amazing quarterback that we're going to talk about 20 years from now, but Ryan Fitzpatrick signs a one-year, $10 million deal with Washington Redskins. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> He deserves a payday. He is that guy that you put in a game for a spark. That guy that can do things. Sometimes he doesn't do things or he's a little risque. Throws the ball where there's like 35 people around, even though there's only supposed to be a few on the field. It seems like he throws into the crowd. <laughs> but he does a lot of great things. He's fun to watch. Why not get some excitement around the Redskins in a quarterback that might not play every game? You'll probably find somebody better down the road. But for now, for $10 million for one year, that's not a bad price, and you're going to get your value's worth. Tom Brady signs an extension for Tampa Bay. Not a shocker there. They're going to try to get another Super Bowl. Tom Brady is the GOAT. I'd keep him around as long as he wants to play. Let's switch up the sport. Go to MLB. Got about 8-10 to 10 games in. Sox and Cubs looking strong. The White Sox are third in the AL Central behind the Twins who are 5-2, and, and the Royals, who are 3-3. Three and three. Thursday, in a 6-0 win over the Royals, Lance Lynn looked like the pitcher that the White Sox wanted. <laughs> when they grabbed him, signed him to a deal, like this is what we want from him. He goes 9 innings, 11 Ks, allowing 5 hits, no runs. I love it. Lance Lynn is a good pitcher. I think he's third in the rotation, and that's what you want from a third rotation pitcher. Exactly what we want. Very, very cool with it. Batting lineup looks really solid. Everybody pitching in, one through nine, doing their thing. And they had to. With Eloy Jimenez, has the ruptured pictorial tendon. That's a shoulder injury, just in case you don't know the doctor speak. He's out for five to six months minimum, I'm guessing. He's probably done. The season is probably over for him. He's not coming back. They have to be strong. They have to hit the ball well. The outfield has to be doing their thing. He was a huge piece of this, but I don't think the season's lost just because he's not there. There are players on this team. There is talent. You still got the reigning AL MVP in Jose Abreu. You got great pitchers. You could be okay. We can make a run still. Everybody was talking World Series before the Eloy injury. Don't know if it's still World Series, but a long playoff run and some awesome baseball in Chicago is what we're going to get and what we're seeing right now. 
On the north side, the Cubs are 4-3, third in the National League Central, behind the Reds, who are 6-1, and, and the Cards, who are 5-2. Today, in about an hour, they play the Pirates in another game. In Thursday's 4-2 win over the Pirates, I was listening on the radio. Jake Arrieta, six innings, two errors, seven hits, four Ks, three walks. Not a crazy great effort, but workmanlike. Did what he had to do. Didn't let the Pirates go all over the bases, and he got the win. Cubs get the win. That's what you asked for, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. On the plate, Chris Bryant at the two spot. Anthony Rizzo, three. Javi Baez, four spot, the cleanup hitter. The three of them, four runs, six hits, four RBI. Bryant and Rizzo hit home runs. If they could do that every single game, and I know that sounds crazy, like that's not going to happen every single game. That would be fantastic. It was awesome. Whenever they came onto the plate, they're like, somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to do something. And they did. I was smiling pretty much the whole time they came to the plate as I'm listening to it on the radio. Hold on. Serious XM radio. See, I could do advertising for them too, right? <laughs> but it was great to see the Cubs hitting the ball. Hopefully that can continue. That's been the problem the last couple years. Pitching has been cool. Well, starting pitching has been all right. Had some bullpen problems. But the hitting, they could not score runs when they needed to. If these guys and their supporting cast can do this on a regular basis, the Cubs are still a really good team. Still, yes, still a really good team. And one thing that makes the Cubs, the White Sox, good teams is physical fitness, right? You got to stay in shape to play baseball. Well, as normal everyday Joes or Janes, we got to stay in shape too. So we can do simple things like walk upstairs, take a walk with the dog, play a little catch with the kid or a niece or nephew or the neighbor. We still got to stay in shape as well. However, there are factors that work against us all, right? You got time and work schedules, a lack of a support system. Maybe motivation is low. You don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body. Injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit located at the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. A support group? LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation? The trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements including bodyweight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided, pushed at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? It's hello, how are you? Go get at it. Want a more relaxed approach? It's the same thing. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a major priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Got some more Chicago sports to talk about. The Bulls. Playing okay, 
not getting all the wins that you like to see, but you see him gelling a little more after these trades. Zach Levine in the last game, 50 points, 39 at halftime, seven threes. He is balling out. He's been balling out all year, continuously doing it after his first all-star nod. It is awesome to see. A couple years ago, I was like, man, I hope they get rid of this guy pretty soon. He's not going to be a star player. He's going to be an okay role player. Like, he's got talent. He's got ability. But I don't know the level that he can get to. He's awesome. It's fun to watch him. He's putting up numbers. He's getting his team involved. He's playing a little better defense. He's not just chucking the ball up all the time like he was before, thinking that he's the only one that can do anything. He does have moments. Now, don't let me say that he doesn't do it ever, but he doesn't do it as much as he used to. It's a lot of fun to watch him. It's a lot of fun to watch these Bulls. It's been even more fun to watch him after the trades they made. They had the one three-team trade with Boston Washington where they received Daniel Theis, Javante Green, and Troy Brown Jr. I like Daniel Theis. Not a tall, tall power forward, but he plays hard. He's gritty. He can step out and shoot a three if you're not watching him. I like him. I like the way he plays the game. In the other trade, the big trade that everybody's been talking about and watching the Bulls to see how this works out, the Bulls received Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu from Orlando while giving up Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and two future first-round draft picks. I love it. I absolutely love it. Nikola Vucevic, an all-star this year, deserved it. He can score inside, outside. He grabs boards. He can block shots. He's a smart, smart ball player. And we needed a big physical presence inside. He's not crazy physical, but he's physical enough. He's got the finesse game and the physical game, which the Bulls definitely needed. Sort of sad to see Wendell Carter Jr. go, but then not really. He's always hurt. He was showing that he can play the game this year, but then he was gone for four or five games. He'd come back, and then something else would happen. That has been the story of his career since he's been with the Bulls. Not sorry to see him go, although I know he could be a good player. I have a feeling this is going to be one of the cases. He's going to go somewhere else and blossom and never get hurt again. Otto Porter Jr., I like as a player, but, you know, sometimes you got to trade away pieces to get the big piece that you need or that you want. I am just glad that they got rid of Porter Jr. instead of Thaddeus Young. I love Thad Young. I wish that dude could stay a bull forever. Oh, I love that guy. His offense, his defense, he never stops moving. Every loose ball, every everything, Thad Young is there. I love it. I think this is a good trade for Orlando, too. Nikola needed a new home. He's been there for a while, and they haven't really done anything. And two future first-round picks, that definitely gives you a spark plug, a little extra incentive to rebuild the team. I know I haven't mentioned Fruk Amu much. He's a cool role player, power forward. He can shoot, gets boards, nothing spectacular. He'll do what the Bulls need him to do. Some other basketball news. Drew Holiday signs an extension with Milwaukee Bucks also in the Eastern Conference Central Division with the Bulls. Four years, $160 million with the Bucks. He is a great point guard, shooting guard, and he is feeding into the system and what they do at Milwaukee awesomely. It doesn't shock me at all that they agreed to this deal. 
elsewhere in the league, Oklahoma City Thunder sitting Al Horford. I don't know if his career is over, over, but it is definitely twilight. They're going to sit him as they're trying to develop younger players. He's going to be released at the end of the season. Wonder where he's going to go. I'm sure he could help some team somewhere. Like I said, I don't think his career is over, over. It's getting there. Definitely getting there. But he can still help. Minimal minutes. Probably doesn't get a crazy contract. Okay, he's not going to get a crazy contract. But still a valuable player. And I don't know why Thunder like, okay, we're going to put all these young guys in and not even play you at all. He can still help while he's there and teach these guys on the court instead of just being a voice on the sideline. I would still have him as like a player coach because he can help develop these guys as well. I don't know if sitting somebody you're paying to play is that great of an idea. I would not do it personally. The Nets, Brooklyn Nets, LaMarcus Aldridge. I used to like LaMarcus Aldridge. Wish he would have stayed a bull, but they traded him. Draft day trade for Tyrus Thomas. You remember that debacle? Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> great power forward, center-ish. Has been with the Spurs for the last few years after a long Portland Trailblazer run. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Blake Griffin. Now LaMarcus Aldridge. All have been all-stars. All are really solid players or great players. Blake Griffin's been battling injuries and not as athletic as he was once upon a time. But why are we still doing this? These super teams. I'm sick of it at this point. It was cool at first, but now it's, I'm just done. Like, I'm done with it. Why can't we just have every team be good and have a lot of good players all over the league? Which there is. But why do we have to do this? Like, call my buddy, hey, I want to be on your team so we can try to win a championship. This is tired news now. Like, let's move on from this fag. Like, it's really not that cool anymore. Victor Oladipo was traded to Miami from Houston. Wondering how that relationship with Jimmy Butler is going to work out. If they can play together, it's going to be fantastic. Both of them are athletic. Both can shoot. Both know the game. That would be awesome. <laughs> but Victor Oladipo did not help Rockets win games. They went on a 20-game losing streak while he was there. Don't know if he was in all of them. I know he was battling a sort of injury. But, man, if him and Jimmy Butler can play well together, they could return to the NBA Finals and maybe win a few more games if they're you know matched up against the Lakers or something. But, again, they got to run into the Nets and all of these former All-Stars or current All-Stars, Durant, Harden, and Irving All-Stars this season. Last trade I want to talk quickly about, the Atlanta Hawks traded Rajon Rondo to the Los Angeles Clippers for Lou Williams. Older players, probably reaching the end of their careers, but I love them both. Two totally different personalities, Rajon Rondo, very difficult to work with, but a great ball distributor, can't really shoot, but plays defense. His hands are like four times the size of mine. If you've ever seen him stretch out his hand, it is ridiculously, ridiculously huge. Lou Williams is a straight scorer. Comes off the bench, can drop 30 anytime he wants to for the Los Angeles Clippers. I love Lou Williams. I like how he approaches the game. He never got mad because he could have been a starter anywhere throughout his career. He goes to the Clips and was more or less a bench guy the whole time. The sixth man, and he was a great sixth man. And he took 
the role and ran with it, which was really cool to see. Rajon Rondo would never do anything like that. It's about him, even though his game has kind of gone away. And that's why he's jumping the team, the team, the team, the team, the team. I think it's a good trade for Lou Williams and the Hawks. They need shooters. He can help spread the ball. For Rajon Rondo and the Clippers, I don't know if that works out. Who knows? Rajon Rondo works here, works there, then doesn't, then does, and who knows? Who knows? It's kind of like a soap opera, the Rajon Rondo show. It's been going on in the NBA for quite some time now, huh? <laughs> we'll see how that works out. Still talking basketball, but we're going to switch it to NCAA with the season, the March Madness Tournament, wrapping up with the championship on Monday. Baylor handing it to Gonzaga, which shocked a lot of people, but Baylor just came to play. The defense was nasty, 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 nasty. We talked about that in the intro on episode 161, if you want to go back and listen. Got to give huge props to Illinois guard A.O. DeSumo, first team Associated Press All-American. Has never, ever happened for an Illini before. Not Darren Williams, not Nick Anderson, not Kendall Gill, not all of the great players that have been through Illinois. A.O. DeSumo is the first. He averaged 20.1 points per game, shooting 48% from the field, 38 from three, 78% from free throw. Also averaged 5.3 assists and 6.3 rebounds a game for the Fighting Illini. It was awesome to watch him. And when he wanted to take over a game, he took it over. The Chicago native could change a game whenever he wanted to. And it was amazing to watch for Illinois fans. He is going to be in the NBA draft. He is going to the league. Junior Trent Frazier also is going to be in the draft. He has gotten an agent and is looking for a representation as he is going to try to be in the NBA next year. Also going to the draft from Illinois is center Georgie. I am not going to butcher his name. I have listened to clips and tried to say his name many times. Here's my go. Does it sound silly? And I'm going to quit with that. I don't want to butcher it anymore. But all three of them going to the NBA draft, leaving Illinois. This was a team that was a lot of fun to watch. Didn't go where we wanted them to, right? They get knocked out by Loyola in the second round. And it was sad, but they were outcoached, outplayed, and Illinois looked like they weren't even there. It was disheartening, but, you know, things move on, things change, and hopefully awesomeness happens for all three of them in the NBA or wherever their career takes them. Also, in the Big Ten, getting some recognition. Even though they got pretty much blitzkrieg in the NCAA tournament, and that's why my brackets failed so hard because I went Big Ten heavy having... Illinois over Michigan and Michigan over Ohio State in my two brackets. No bueno, no bueno. But I was Luke Garza was the Associated Press Player of the Year, receiving 50 of the 63 votes. He averaged 24.1 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 1.6 blocks, and had pretty impressive shooting percentages of 55.3 from the field, 44 from three, and 70.9 from the free throw line. Did a little bit of everything. Iowa just didn't have what they needed around him. He's a really good player, but just didn't have that team. The team team, like Baylor's defense, that's how they win. Gonzaga's offense at times looked unstoppable. Obviously not against Baylor, but Gonzaga's offense was a juggernaut for the entire year, 
and that's why they were undefeated until running into Baylor. I wouldn't have that, but they had probably the best player in college basketball this year. He deserved it. Wish A.O. would have got it, but Luke put up a little better numbers. It is what it is, right? Couple coaching nods. Hubert Davis, who played in the NBA, was a pretty solid three-point shooter, is the new North Carolina basketball coach, men's version, as he is replacing Roy Williams, who is retired after 18 years with North Carolina. It's been a lot of fun watching Roy Williams' team. He's getting a little up there in age. Time for new guard. Let's see what Hubert Davis can do. Also new guard. The previously mentioned Loyola team that knocked out Illinois. Coach Porter Mosier is off to Oklahoma. He's got uh, another job lined up. Drew Valentine, brother of Denzel Valentine, who plays with the Chicago Bulls, is taking over as Loyola coach after four years as an assistant. From what I understand, basketball is runs rampant through the Valentine family. And this seems like a cool spot for Drew. See how long he stays there before maybe he gets a job like Oklahoma. Not at Oklahoma, but a job at a bigger school. More prestige, more basketball lineage than Loyola. Basketball's cool. Football's cool. Baseball, hockey, soccer, any sport you want to watch or be involved in. It's awesome, right? But if you're watching it on TV or sitting at home, listening to a radio enjoying sports. It's cool to do it in the best atmosphere, the best environment you can. And if you're at home, then of course this is your home. So let's make those renovations, those changes, to make that time that you spend there the best that you can. Olson Construction will do exactly that as it helps its customers with everything, anytime they can. So you can enjoy your home where you live doing whatever you want to. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. There's only one more thing to get to on the show before we get to ill boy, a rapper, born and raised in Freeport, now residing in Kenosha, Wisconsin, we got to do some bring it back. Breaking down the Rolling Stone magazine top 500 album list of all time. And of course, we let you pick what we listen to. This poll featured at 484 on the list, Lady Gaga, Born This Way. 483, Muddy Waters, The Anthology. 482, The Fair Side, Bizarre Ride to the Fair Side. And 481, Bell and Sebastian, If You're Feeling Sinister. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of different music. Bell and Sebastian being a pop duo, that album from 96. The Fair Side, a rap group from 92. Muddy Waters, a blues legend 
in the 40s and 50s, blues, rock and roll, and then of course Lady Gaga pop in the 2000s. This album born this way in 2011. She won. She won by three votes. Muddy Waters was right there, right there. But Lady Gaga pulled it away, so I listened. Didn't listen as much as I've listened to other ones, cause it's not my type of music. I did give it like five run-throughs, replayed a couple songs, did my due diligence. I respect Lady Gaga a lot. I understand what she means to a lot of different people. The LBGTQIA world. And if you didn't know what that means, I had to look this up because I started to get lost in the letters. Lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, questioning gender, slash queer, intersex, asexuality. That community having Lady Gaga be an activist for them has been huge for them and for her. She steps out and does things and speaks for people and tries to get everybody the fairness that they deserve. She is also an activist for mental health. Through this activism, she's pretty much become a cultural icon. Her music definitely helps. Music, that she's been able to do this or started this, and then she's been able to do other things with it. I respect all that. I get it. I think that everybody deserves to have a voice, and Lady Gaga being the voice for the LBGTQIA community is huge. I totally get that and understand. Just not my type of music. Not really into pop music. Like, I like a few of her songs. They're cool. In a way. She's usually talking about something. But they're weird in a sense, too. At least in my standards, my taste. Let's talk about her a little quick, and then we'll break down the album. Lady Gaga's real name is Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata. Hopefully I said her name, her last name right, Germanata. She was born March 28, 1986. Just had her birthday. She is now 35 years old. I am five months older than her. I'm a little older, but she's got a lot more money. As she has sold lots of albums. Lots and lots and lots and lots of albums. $275 million is her net worth. That's a lot of money, but she deserves it, like I said. What she does outside of music is very honorable, and what her music means to people, she's got a huge fan following, and that will never go away. She is the next Madonna, if not the new Madonna or the person that's overtook Madonna. I don't know how you want to look at that. I mean, it is 2021. Lady Gaga's first album, I think, came out in 2008. It did. It was her debut, The Fame. Born This Way was the second studio album for Lady Gaga. She had a couple in between, like a remix of The Fame and a deluxe edition, things like that. But Born This Way is the second legit studio album. On Spotify, Lady Gaga in 2021, as of yesterday, is 24th in the world in terms of streams on Spotify, as she has 40.7 million listeners a month. That's crazy. She's killing it, still. I mean, I think it's safe to say that she's a cultural icon. She's been on all kinds of different lists, not just music. 
She's been on role model lists. Time Magazine put her on the 100 most influential people in the world list in 2010 and in 2019. She's made the list twice as one of the most influential people. It's because of her activism, it's because of her music, and what it means to people. She has sold 129 million albums with five studio albums. And they have all debuted on the top of the Billboard 200 list in the United States of America. She has won 12 Grammys, many other awards. She was also named the fourth greatest woman in music in 2012. The fourth greatest woman of all time is what VH1 said. Wow. That was nine years ago, but she still has a crazy influence and is still probably in that realm of top five. Yeah, she is. She can also act. She received the Golden Globe for Best Actress for American Horror Story. She was in the hotel version, which was 2015 and 16. She also was in a movie I'm sure you saw called A Star Is Born in 2018. It was awesome. She was really good. They had a song called Shallow, and it topped the charts. And she was the very, very first person, same year. She won an Academy Award, a Grammy, a British Academy Film Award, and a Golden Globe. First person to ever do that all in the same year. And before we get to the album, we're going to, I guess, go full circle with this. 2012, she funded Born This Way Foundation, which is a nonprofit to empower youth, improve mental health, and prevent bullying. She also has business adventures doing other things, including Haas Laboratories. That's how I'm going to say it. <laughs> and it's vegan makeup. So she's got her hands in so many different things, whether it's performing, money, or a business adventure, whatever. She is all over the place, making life happen and inspiring, being a role model. So I got to tip my hat to her in that sense. Like I said, Born This Way was the second album, came out May 23rd, 2011. Lady Gaga co-wrote and co-produced, so she had her hands all over this as well. The regular version, there is a special edition, a remix, a deluxe version, was 14 songs, one hour and one minute. Had five singles, Born This Way, Judas, The Edge of Glory, You and I, and Marry the Night. I knew all five of these songs. Probably didn't know my name, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, I've heard this before. Oh yeah, I heard this before. Those five, for sure, there was a couple others that I had recognized. She kind of goes different genres here. It's not just dance, it's not just pop. It's techno as well. She uses disco and opera and heavy metal and house music and pump music and a lot of quick tempos, a lot of synthesizers, pop music with all kinds of different influences all kinds of different influences. The album talks about heavily these subjects, sexuality, religion, freedom, feminism, and just being you, individualism. She is a ambassador for all of those topics in pretty much every album, but this one was kind of like the step up from the fame. The fame was her introduction, like, hey, I'm gonna be this crazy outlandish character, but talk about some things this is where it got focused on being an activist, focused on standing up for herself, for other people, and just showing humanity. This album was all about that. 
Born This Way, the album had three Grammy nominations. It debuted top five on every chart around the world, not just the US, every single chart that looks at music, ranks music, she was number one everywhere. And like I said, she sells crazy amount of records. One million sales in the first week. She sold one million records in the first week with this album. On Amazon, in two weeks, being sold at 99 cents per copy, she sold 440,000 copies, which is recorded as being the fastest. In 2011, Born This Way, the song, was the fastest selling single at that time in iTunes history. Like, they couldn't keep Lady Gaga on the shelves or in the virtual library without people wanting to listen to it get their hands on it as soon as possible. She was everywhere. As of now, this album has sold six million copies. So we're listening to a well-known album. I know you've heard of Lady Gaga and I'm betting you know most of these songs. If you've not taken a listen to the whole album and you like what you do know of Lady Gaga, check it out. Not saying it's awful, it's, it's okay. Just not my type of music. But if you're into this thing and you not listen to the whole album, you probably should. Because every single song is saying something, which I, again, respect that about an artist. Whether I like your kind of music or not, when you're saying something, you're fighting for something, you're showing the world humanity. That's what music is about when you ask me. Influences for Lady Gaga on this album, Whitney Houston, Bruce Springsteen, Iron Maiden, Madonna. Prince, Kiss, Pat Benatar, Queen, TLC, and Vogue. She went all realms of music and kind of took a little bit of everything from them and gained a style for this album, which again, I respect and think that's pretty cool. Let's get into this track list. 14 songs. First, Marry the Night. I remember this. It was all over the radio station. It is a club dance track. It's a feel-good song. Do whatever makes you feel. Enjoy the night. If that's going and kissing a random dude, do it. Do whatever you want to. Kind of what this was saying. There's not lyrics that say kiss a random dude. But I'm just, <laughs> it's just saying, enjoy the night. Do what makes you happy. To the title track, Born This Way. It's kind of like we are who we are. Love yourself. If you're a queer or you're bisexual, I'm only saying a queer because it is part of the Letter acronyms for the LBGQ community. If you are any of those that are the meanings of those abbreviations, be yourself. That's what she's saying. Love yourself. Be yourself. The people that respect you and love you are going to be around you always, no matter what. So do that to the best of your abilities. That's what this song is. And she says it in her way. In the song, don't be a drag, be a queen. Three, government hooker. This is kind of a play on John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. It's got an opera deal in it. It's how it starts. It's about female sexual empowerment and how a woman, no matter what position you have in the country or a business or whatever, a woman can influence that and be part of the narrative. Four is Judas, one of the singles that was everywhere. It's techno. She's saying, I'm in love with the wrong dude. He's evil, but this is what I like. This is who I am, and this is who I want to be with. 
in the song there is a lyric, I've learned love is a brick. You can build a house or sink a dead body. That hit me. Like, yeah, that's totally true. Love can do both. It can make you feel amazing or it can make you feel awful and sink like a dead body. Number five is Americano. Starts with opera, Broadway type of music. Then goes into a house, techno, Latin feel. There really isn't one genre that you can put this in because it kind of spans the horizons here. But overall, it's about love between the same sex. Not speaking the same language, sexually or verbally, and just wanting to live their life. Don't have to be the same language as you, but it's their language. If two people want to be together and they're the same sex, that's okay. They don't have to be the same as you, don't have to speak the same language. I like that verse and got the meaning behind the song. Six is hair. Talking about wanting to be yourself, want to be free like hair. It can move, it can flow, it can shine. Let's be like hair. Musically, pop, techno, but you do hear saxophone, and that is from the E Street Band's saxophonist, Clarence Clemens, Homeboys with Bruce Springsteen. Seven, don't know if I'm saying this correct, but it's Scheib, Scheib, which is a German word for excuse my language, but means shit. She keeps saying at the very beginning, I don't speak German, but I can if you like. And then it's a dance song about female empowerment. It's inspired by a German club that she went to and just has this German Europe flow to it. I'm pretty much saying, hey, we're going to do what we want. I'm a woman. You're not going to stop me. Eight, Bloody Mary is a dance song. Lyric, I won't cry for you. I won't crucify the things you do. I won't cry for you. See when you're gone, I'll still be Bloody Mary. Still be the same person. Talking about the role of a woman, fame or not, going to be who she is no matter what. Doesn't matter what happens, changes, she won't. Nine is bad kids. Lyric, we don't care what people say, we know the truth. She uses all kinds of adjectives about bad kids or people that others in society look at like they're different. Loser, jerk, brat, selfish, punk, twit, degenerate. Disasters, bad kids that just don't know right from wrong, even though they're surviving, they're doing what they want. People are hating on them because they're not like them. And it's got like a music wise 80s vibe. It's got that 80s feel to it, kind of like a Cindy Lauper or a Madonna song. It's kind of what it sounds like. Highway Unicorn, it's a pop techno song. There's not a lot of lyrics, just a bunch of sounds and repeating lines. Ride, ride, pony, ride, ride, says that quite often. And it's about just taking off, going on the road, having a journey, living life. 11, heavy metal lover in real life. Lady Gaga loves heavy metal. Iron Maiden is one of her favorite rock bands. She says it often. This has a techno feel with it, but it's synthesizers, heavy hard bass lines. But there is some <laughs> crazy language. There's this one line that says, Dirty Pony, can't wait to hose you down. There's talk about being lovers, whip me, slap me, punk funk. There's leather and long hair and whiskey breath. And it's talking about rockers and 
making crazy love and yeah, check it out. Twelve, Electric Chapel. Meet me at the Electric Chapel. Let's dance. Let's rock out. We don't have to have a relationship that's all about sex. Let's do it our way. That's what the song is. Thirteen, you and I. It's got a crazy country sound to it. When I first heard it, I was like, is this Shania Twain? No, it's Lady Gaga. That's what it sounded like. Brian May from Queen is on there as a guitarist. He is amazing, and he does his thing on this song as well. Lyrically, the song is about a woman coming back to town, and hey, I left before. I wanted to do my thing, but now I can't leave again without bringing you with. You're my person. You're the person I want to be with, and if I'm leaving again, you're coming with me. 14 is The Edge of Glory, the last track on the album. The intro is awesome. I really like the beginning of it. The lead into the song is really awesome. Clemens gets on the saxophone for this one as well. And it's about just being on edge. The edge of getting with that person, how it makes them feel, the risk, the adrenaline rush of just being in that situation of love and being connected to a person. We've all felt it, we all go through it, and this is a crazy pop dance track with some awesome saxophone to it. So it's got a good feel to it music-wise, and you know who doesn't like adrenaline rushes in life? Lady Gaga obviously does. I know I do as well. Let's rank these songs real quick for Born This Way. These are my rankings. If you disagree with my rankings, think that another song is the best that I have down the list, let me know. Hit us up on Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, or Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, or like I said before, the email, Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. My rankings, I'm going to go Edge of Glory number one. I really like the intro a lot. I liked Clemens on the sax. I like the meaning. I am all about adrenaline rushes and have been through these with love interests before. I really liked it. I related. Two, I went heavy metal lover. It was just crazy. It was kind of catchy, and the lyrics just were so off the wall that I liked it. Like, it was cool. It had a good sound to it, and I respect her crazy, if that makes sense. I respect the crazy. Three, Born This Way, a fitting title track and a fitting track to an album that you want to be a self-exploration album, an album where you're finding yourself in individualism and freedom and all the things she discusses throughout this album, title track, well made. Four, I went Marry the Night. I like the dance club track, and it was a good way to start the album. Five, hair. I really like what it stood for about being free. You know, your hair can go in any direction it wants to. So can life. So can you. Six, I went Highway Unicorn. We all go on our journeys. Literally, figuratively. I kind of like the techno feel to it, and... You know, I like the title itself, Highway Unicorn. I mean, that's a great title for just taking a journey, whether it be in music or life or relationships or whatever. You're a highway unicorn. I like it. Bad Kids, number seven. I mean, I was a bad kid. I know a lot of other bad kids. And some of these words were probably used to describe me at one point in time in my life. So I get it. Eight, I went you and I. I kind of liked the Shania Twain country feel. Wasn't one of my favorites. Kind of why it fell a little below halfway through of the 14 tracks. But it was okay. And I like Brian May as a guitarist. He is awesome. Nine is Judas. 
I really didn't like that song much at all when it came on the radio, when it came out. Just not really a huge fan. 10, Electric Chapel. I get it. I get the meaning. You know, a relationship doesn't have to just be sex. You know, we can dance and chill, but let's meet at the Electric Chapel. Nah, just not my feel. 11, Bloody Mary. Again, not my feel. Too dancish, too popish, too... Just not me. 12, Government Hooker. Really weird song. I get the JFK, Marilyn Monroe tie-in, but just, you know, I'll never listen to it again. 13, Americano. I don't like the song at all. Really, I just really didn't like it. I get the point. If you're going to be gay, then be gay. And if you're not gay, don't judge me because I am gay. Like, that was the point behind the song. Just, I didn't like the feel of it. I didn't like the music. I, I just, not my song. 14 would be Shy, a.k.a. Excuse my language again. Shit. There's German in it. I don't speak German. She doesn't either, she says. But she's going to have a song in German for a little bit of it. Just not my thing. And honestly, I don't think any of these songs I'm going to put on a playlist. Not my kind of music. Not even a little bit. It was okay to listen to it for this to say that I did. I never listened to a Lady Gaga project from start to finish. Only the songs that I've heard on the radio. And unless it's voted in here, I might not again. I respect what she does. She's just not speaking to me. I'm not her audience. Well, this was a loaded intro, and now we got a loaded conversation with Ill Boy. I'm excited to get to it. We'll be back real soon. We got tons of conversations lined up. We got conversations scheduled. We're going to get some shows in. We're going to get some shows in. Enjoy your weekend. Until next time, peace. So you know what I've been doing? Working on podcasts and listening to music. And since I'm listening to music, I want to talk some music. My guest is here to do just that. I am talking about Ill Boy from Kenosha, Wisconsin. What's up, Ill Boy? Hey, man, what's going on? Big shout out for you reaching out to me. is like, hey, I would love to talk to you. Let's talk some music. Let's talk some sports. And here we are to do the thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I uh, definitely appreciate you letting me uh, being on your platform and, uh, I'm always appreciative of uh, people like you uh, giving me their time. For sure, man. Definitely, definitely. Let's start right there. I've been calling you Ill Boy. That's your stage name. Where does that come from? Man, uh, just uh, me and a buddy, I think, uh, kind of messing around. He was uh, serious at one point, wanted to do music, and we just kind of messed around with the name, and it just kind of came like that, and I thought it had a nice ring, so I've just been, just been carrying the name ever since. When you first told me that and I first read it, Ill Boy, I was like, is it because of Illinois? The Ill State? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So, double meaning, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ill when I do it. You know, I'm sick, you know, however you want to call it. And then I'm just representing Illinois, you know, being proud of where I'm from, uh, the 815, just being proud to be from the Midwest and just rapping it in my music and my hashtags and, you know, all that good stuff. Definitely. And when I introduced you, I said Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's where you're at now, but you're from Illinois, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Born and raised Freeport, Illinois. Uh, like I said, just a minute ago, 815. Freeport, kind of my neck of the woods. Originally from the Rockford area, lived in DeKalb, all over that area. And my mom actually lives in Freeport now. So we got a, a little, you know, things in common. 
we could just go on for hours, you know, just a lot of rich talent in, in, in hip hop and I enjoyed it all. We're saying that, you know, as musician, as a writer, whatever, we're always taking, not taking or stealing from people, but we're getting ideas. We're developing our own style off of other people's styles. What would you say your style is? Where do you come from as a rapper? I would say uh, most definitely a uh, Southern twist uh, already to my Midwest flow. Again, I wear my Midwest on my sleeve, letting everybody know where I'm from, let everybody know what I'm rapping. But um, I've just got different comparisons from different Southern rappers, and uh, there's some uh, Southern mannerisms in my music, and that makes sense because I do like a lot of Southern rappers. And we talked a little bit before I hit the record button, also, the word Southern, you went to SIU. Oh, uh, yeah, Salukis all day long, uh, 618, uh, all that good stuff. Anybody listening to the show knows I bleed Saluki Maroon. I went there as well, so I'm happy to have another SIU boy on here, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When you were down at SIU, did you work on music there? Did you get some of that Southern style that you're talking about now? Did you get that while you were in school? Uh, I won't say say I necessarily got it in school, but uh, you know I definitely uh, picked up some uh, more southern uh, matters. You know while I was down there, it was a lot of school and uh, focus, and you know trying to get adjusted to being a student at the time. But I was able to put out I think like a, a project, and I uh, lost the masters to that. You know I lost some of those records, but now that you mentioned that man, I, I really enjoyed that record and. Uh, Know a few people, uh, you know, I was passing them out, giving out CDs and things, and people was enjoying it. You got me thinking about it now, man. I, I, I can't find that record anywhere. I lost it, so man. Things we lose when we're that age, even if it's important to us, it, it happens. I know, I know, I know, man. It was ah, got me thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, went to SIU. Obviously, you're into music. Did you ever run into friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast? TikTok. Most definitely. Uh, I ran into TikTok. We actually linked up on MySpace for people who were going to MySpace now. And, uh, you know, he shared a genuine interest in my music. I shared a genuine interest in his. And uh, I know those guys were uh, doing a lot of crazy good things down there. I was able to cut a couple records with them at one point. I haven't got a chance to link up since, but uh, I most definitely uh, tune in to what he's got going on, and uh, I rock with that movie. Getting back to your music, most MCs have a you know continued storyline. Maybe not the exact same thing, but whether it be about a person or a time in their life or something like that, that is a huge part of their music and what they're talking about. Do you have something like that with yours? Yeah, that's crazy that you said that. When I got out here and I dropped uh, 519, that's one of my EPs that everybody can go check out. That was kind of myself, introducing myself to the world on a bigger platform. And uh, I named it 519 just because it was an old home that I had lived in. I was a young man at that time, you know, trying to write rhymes and things of that nature. It just took me back to that moment. I was so serious at that time. I loved it. Really thought I was doing something, so... When I came out here and got real serious with it again, it just made me think about the home, think about my time there. So I named it 519. From there, I did an extension to that. I plan to do that with uh, with another record. I'm definitely uh, tapping in with what you're saying and a message in a little sequence like how you talked about. Can you elaborate? What's kind of the message, the sequence that you were getting at? 
just 519 just really took me back to, you know, just my roots of, you know, writing and really, you know, trying to craft. And you know, that's what I spent my time with the album 519, just really took my time writing, just really took myself in the space to really just kind of elevate the pen and, you know, really crank out some actual records, you know, that, like I said, I, I spent a lot of that at that home doing that. So it just really took me back and gave me good memories. And uh, that's, what, that's how I came up with uh, 519. A lot of people thought it was about Canada, but it was not about Canada. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Canada? I have never been to Canada, but hopefully I will be able to. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So this yeah. next question is kind of a two-parter. So okay, okay. When we sit down and you're writing and you're going to work on, with the pen, what is your, I guess, style, your delivery? Are you one-liners? Are you alliteration? Are you, you know, just trying to get everybody to raise their hands, nod their heads? Like, what are you trying to do with your lyrics? First off, when you just hear your boy record, man, you're going to get a couple different things from me. You're going to get nice production. It's always going to be great production. In terms of lyrics, everything's going to be clear. You're going to be able to understand me. You're going to be able to follow along. And uh, I'm going to give you some nice witty lines. I'm going to say some clever things. I'm going to say some things that sound good uh, in my ad-libs. And you know, I'm just going to bring you an overall good product uh, of songs, I feel like. So I'm a hip-hop artist. So when you hear hip-hop, you know, it can hit people in many different ways. That's how I want my music to hit you in different ways. And uh, hip-hop can mean so much to people in many different ways so perfect so you come with a kind of a versatile approach just hit you in any different way you can most definitely most definitely just songs that people can follow along people can hear uh, i don't do the mumble rap uh very clear you're gonna be able to ride along and just really vibe with perfect when it comes to mention production beat selection where do you go with with that are you kind of like a club banger kind of guy are you a down south southern grimy like or do you again hit it from wherever you can well you know i think we definitely got some of them down south grimy beats on there and um first one million was produced by a uh, dope boy out of atlanta it's a hard-hitting beat so you definitely hear some uh some, some south in that i would say i'll I, I give you some soulful tracks as well but uh you know i, I do i guess i do have some trap and it's really a grimy piece, I would say. Yeah. I know I'm going to have to listen. I haven't listened yet. I listened to a couple things that you sent me, and I was like, okay, I definitely got to have this guy on, but now I'm going to go listen to some more. Oh, yeah, man. You got to go listen to 519, man. It's a, it's a hidden gem, man. It's a hidden gem. Where all can we find 519? Oh, you can find 519 on Spotify. You, know, you can find it on all platforms. It's, it's, it's available, and it's out there. Go check it out. Go check it out for sure. Definitely. Will do. Will do. Hopefully all our guests do, too. All the listeners, they check that yeah. out. Y'all will not be disappointed. Y'all will not be disappointed. Good music. Good music for y'all. One more question, just because we kind of, like, jumped around this one when it comes to music. One more music question. I got some other things I want to talk to you about. But music-wise, how long have you been in the game? You said you got back into it the last couple years, but you've been around it for a while. So how long has your style, your music, kind of been developing? Man, it's been crafting and brewing, man, for, man, I could say, man, ever since grade school, you know, fifth grade, I thought I was doing something, so. Man, I, I've been messing with the pen and pad since the end, and 
always doing, you know, little shows or just, you know, doing something around the community. I was always doing something with music, so been doing it for a long time. I didn't mean to digress the conversation, but I did want to get oh, that because see how they good. They need to know. They need to know the fans. They need to know. So, <laughs> We're gonna give it to them. Definitely, definitely. So we have, you know, talked about your background and kind of the first tracks, first albums. You said MC Hammer tag team that you really listened to on the radio. You wanted to record on the tape all the time. I did the same thing. Made sure the tape, like scotch tape, was on the corners of the tape so you could put it in and record it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did all that, too. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, we're on the same wavelength. I did the same thing. Man. Technology came a long ways. Came a long ways. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But with you saying all that, we play a game on every episode of Edge Your Seat Podcast. I want to play a game with you, top five, and we're going to start with the top five rappers or musicians, artists that have kind of helped you, kind of been a role model for you to do what you do. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We, we, we jumping right in, or, or what we got? We got a little cue, how are you doing you can do it however you want to. So you can start at one, which would be your favorite, or the one that you think influenced you the most, and then five being not the least, but the one that maybe not had as critical impact on, on you as number one did. Um, well, I definitely say my favorite all-time artist is Soldier Slim, late great Soldier Slim. Did his thing with Master P and No Limit back in the day. Uh, had his fame with that. Uh, translated over to doing his own thing. Before he died, he was really transcending to uh, become a star. Uh, Slow Motion uh, by Juvenile. That was really his song. And him and Juvenile, good buddies. And we all know that that song did mainstream success. So I definitely uh, identify with his music, love him. Um, I think his authenticity, you know, is what really drove me to him. Like, man, this dude really makes me feel like he's doing what he says. Like, he just... It just sounded so authentic to me. Something, like I said, it's Southern mannerisms, the way he could say things, you know, it was just, it was incredible to me at the time. Like, ah, oh, I just love this guy. So, number one on my list for sure. And then, uh, you said my least guy that uh, had an impact on me. You said the least, is that, is that correct? Well, you can, you can go down the list. You can just give me top five of your favorite or people that helped influence you. You can do it any way you want to. Oh, okay. Well, then my second, my second favorite is another Southern rapper. His name is Boosie. I love to see this dude come up from nothing. I remember me being where I'm from, small town, Freeport. Nobody really listening to this guy. You know, a lot of my friends couldn't stand his voice. And uh, when I went to college in '06, and I heard his song, it just kind of let me know like he had arrived. And you know, dude became a nationwide success. And like, I literally. Was listening to him, nobody was listening to him. So, another one of my favorites. Uh, gotta have Biggie Smalls on there, definitely for whatever he was able to do in the game. I love everything that he did. It's his two albums, classics. I love my guy Kiss. You know, I love Jada Kiss. You know what I'm saying? I love uh, his imprint that he had in the game. Luda, man. A lot of people don't know about Luda, man. Luda really from Bloomington, Illinois, born and raised there, and then migrated to Atlanta. But uh, it's another guy that's really slept on, man. And uh, I really enjoy his music. So it's really tough, though, man. Like, so much talent out there, man. But I feel good about that fire. I feel good about 
I like your five. I want to touch on a couple things. First, Ludacris is so slept on. I was talking to somebody probably like two years ago, and they asked me for a top five, and I put Luda in it, and they're like, no way, Ludacris? I'm like, yeah, he's crazy good. He's crazy good. He got a crazy catalog. He made a lot of hit records. Like, just checking out a freestyle the other day of him, man. He's still, he's still nice. Have you been paying attention to the versus battles? Yeah, I've been checking out some of them versus battles on Instagram. Those have been interesting. The Ludacris and Nelly one, if you have not checked that one out, everybody was like, ah, Nelly might win because he's got more hits. And then Ludacris started playing his hits, and I'm like, no, I don't think so. I was just about to say that. Uh, oof, it's really close. Like, those guys definitely, uh, man, I, mean, I think Luda might, I think Luda got them, man. I think Luda got more hits, though, really. I think so. Yeah, I mean, Nelly does have that crazy album that sold like a billion copies. Man. <laughs> but, another Midwest boy, another Midwest boy. Oh, uh, for sure. I love me yeah. some Nelly. Yeah, another Midwest boy. I've had musicians and rappers and all kinds of artists on this podcast and nobody has ever said soldier slim i'm glad you did he is slept on obviously his life was ended too soon he was still producing he was still making music when his life was taken but everything that he did before he was gone was awesome i love the stuff that he did with juvenile bg he did a lot of good stuff uh pastor troy Man, that's what's up, man. And I gotta give you kudos because I was not expecting you to have that background on Soldier Slam. So that's what's up because I know every record you're talking about. Uh, for sure. I am crazy hip hop head from the time I was, I'm gonna go with like eight, nine years old. All I have done is listen to some kind of rap, hip hop, whatever, R&B, pretty much every day of my life. In high school, I had all the magazines, the double XLs and the source. I'd cut up the posters and put them on my wall. <laughs> I had all that. Oh, yeah, man. You was you a hip-hop head there for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I still, to this day, I listen to the mumble rappers, even if I don't like them, like, just so I know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Got to, man. You got to. Anything else we want to talk about music before we get into sports here? Man, I would also just say, you know, Master P in his old era was a big influence to my music, and I just love uh, how much uh, P is an entrepreneur and how he's still paving way and making opportunities. I'd love to meet him one day, you know what I'm saying? I'd sit and pick that dude's brain, man. What he did from 97 to 99 will never be done again. Man, it was dope. It was a good time for music. It was fun. It was exciting. I bought all the albums, and, <laughs> you know, they got a lot of my money down. Got out of my money. <laughs> it was like No Limit was coming out with a CD or an album like every other hour. It wasn't every day. It was like every other hour. Man, it was. They had them cool bubble uh, covers. You know, I remember they had Snoop's album. I'm like, man, that's the coolest cover ever. I was just like, man, he really had a, a footprint in the, in the hip-hop, man. Definitely, definitely got to remember those uh, years you just talked about. And for Snoop to leave Death Row to go to No Limit and they're like, what is he doing? And then they're like, oh, we know exactly what he's doing. He's still a huge star and Master P is making stars. Man, he definitely made Snoop a star. And I was just posting something in like a hip hop uh, like blog thing about uh, Snoop praising Master P for pretty much like saving his career and, you know, showing him how to make money. And it was just dope to hear him, you know, giving uh, P homage. 
definitely a legend icon in the music business for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than music, you dabble in a little something else called football. Let's talk about your uh, semi-pro football career here. Okay, okay, let's get into it, let's get into it. So you have been playing for how many years now? Uh, man, I think this is going to be, uh, this upcoming season going to be like year seven, year eight for me. Been playing for a little while now, so losing track. Yeah, year, it's, it's year seven or eight. And we say semi-pro football, we're talking pads, we're talking 11 people on each side, we're talking real football. Oh yeah, this grown man football, it's, it's no patty cake out there for sure. What got you into this? I think my lack of uh, not getting a lot of playing time, to be honest, uh, during my high school career, I think that uh, I didn't understand the game during that time. always was a decent athlete, and I just wanted to come out there and simply see if I could understand and pick up the game and just compete against other people, and the game gave me so much more since I've been out here. When you say out here, you are talking about in Kenosha, correct? Yep, yep, yep. So you came out to Kenosha and your whole mind was blown from the way that football is out there. Oh yeah, man. Um, coming where I was coming from, I didn't know about semi-pro, didn't hear a lot of teams. Uh, I still think to this day, if you want to play semi-pro in that area, you got to go like 45, 50 minutes away. So it was really like a whole new world for me and uh, it was a lot of uh, history and a lot of football had already been played way before I got here, so it's dope. And what's the name of the team that you play on? I play for the Kenosha Cougars. Okay, and you used to be more than a player, correct? Yeah, man, I just stepped down uh, for this upcoming season as an owner. I've been running it for the past four to five years and uh, learned a lot about small business, learned a lot about community. But, uh, man, it just uh, took a lot out of me, and I was ready to just kind of step down and just play. I've been playing this whole time, too, but it's just, it's different. I can just show up and just just play. (laughs) Gotcha. That was my next question, actually. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you were a player owner? Yeah, I was owning the team, playing, doing everything under, under the sun you could think of. Paying referees, you know, fielding the fields, you know, finding players, marketing, uh, getting donations, just just hustle. When you say paying the referees, it wasn't under the table, right? No, just uh, saying that, like, at, at halftime, each team has to pay the referees. So I was always in charge of making sure they got their cut. So they weren't going to finish the game. <laughs> I, I had the team literally not pay one time. And they were like, if you don't give us another half, we're not we're not coming back out. So just make sure pay the refs our due share, you know. So the referees were hustling too. Oh yeah, yeah. They want to make sure they get their they get their money. They want to make sure they get their money. And uh, I think we ended up having to pay that uh, game for the other team, but uh, we got that money back for sure. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. When you are playing. What positions are you on on the field? Uh, I play anywhere on the O-line or D-line. Uh, I've been primarily uh, a guard or a tackle on offensive line, though. Uh-oh, so this means you're a big boy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This is where the big boys play, and uh, I'm right in the mix. All right, now I need to know how tall you are. I'm 5'11". I'm actually uh, probably one of the more undersized linemen. 
be a lot of big guys out there, but uh, they be weak. You know what I'm saying? So you put your hands on them a couple times, and they don't like that. So, so you're like 5'11", 250 muscle. Yeah, I'm like I'm like two thirty five, two forty. Nothing to play with though. You're like, hey, come at me, I'm gonna knock you down. I love to play guard. That's my favorite position because you get to get physical with everybody. You get to see the uh, the plays develop. So, like you said, that's that's probably my favorite position. Just be riding riding the action at guard. So you get to hit somebody every single play. Just about, yeah. You know, I would uh prefer to run block, you know, when we run the ball well instead of uh, pass setting, you know what I'm saying? They get to kind of come at you. It's fun when you're running the ball and you're running well and you're pulling, you're smacking DNs and, you know, they don't know you coming. And, yeah. Have you always had a love for football? Always had a passion for the game, man. It's just, uh, like I said, for whatever reason, man, and in high school, I just didn't quite didn't quite pick up for me the way it should have, but later on in life, I ended up becoming, like I said, a late bloomer, so. Nothing wrong with that. At least you're getting your uh, your time on the field when you get it. Oh, yeah, man, and it's been a hell of a ride, too, man. It's been a lot of fun, and we did things that I didn't expect uh, us to do as, as, as my time here. Uh, we went to a championship back in 18, and this team was not very good when I first came here. We were playoff teams, uh, during my tender here, last year is the first time we missed. A lot of good strides for this organization, a lot of fun, and uh, it's just been good to be a part of it. Nice. For anybody that is interested in hearing more about semi-pro football or, you know, maybe wanting to play, what are some things that you got to do to get yourself in that position? Well, depending on what area you in, um, got to just do the research and uh, figure out that. But we uh, play in the Northern Lights Football League. There's a team out of uh, Rockton, Illinois, and then there's teams all in the Chicago land area. This is a semi-pros just like all over the world, you know, like, it's, it's a whole nother world once you find out that it's going on in your city. And just do some research and type in semi-pro. That's what I initially did in Kenosha. I typed in Kenosha semi-pro team, and the Krugers popped up, and I was able to get in contact with the owner. And, uh, Lyman or Golden, so he was excited to get me. Nice. Do you have to do workouts or tryouts and things of that nature? Uh, just depend. Just depend on what your uh, what team you're going to. Uh, a lot of teams normally do tryouts. They do other workouts. Most guys get a chance to uh, be on the team. Most you got good conduct, and uh, everybody's welcome. You know what I'm saying? And everybody get opportunity. Like I said, it's uh, we had a guy that was like 60 years old out there trying to play last year. I gave him a lot of credit for trying to give it a go. He practiced right up until it was about time for the season to start, and he didn't get on the field. But I was like, man, I give you credit for practicing out here with us as long as you did, because I won't be out here at 60. <laughs> we'll be out here at 60. 60 years old, practicing some football. Yep, and he had never played a day in his life. And I was like, well, what made you try? He was like, well, it's, it's either now or never. <laughs> I, was like, I guess that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> 60 years old, never put the pads on before. He's like, I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, like I said, he, I got to give him all the credit in the world for sticking it out as long as he did. He just uh, didn't make it to the field. But That's awesome. Uh, so you can do whatever you want to whenever you want to. This is message time right now. 
Yeah, man. Don't let nobody tell you, you know, what you can't do and uh, can't do in life. I, I like that you just said that just because friends, family, you know, people who know you, they may see you and they don't understand what's going on. But, uh, you know, football has been good to me. It's been good to this community. It's been good to, you know, help young men off the streets. And uh, it's really been a family atmosphere. So it's really been a lot of things outside of football that has made it more enjoying just to be a part of this and, you know, just help people. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, this seems like a good spot to stop. Leave on a positive message kind of deal. Thank you, Ill Boy, for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We got to meet you, got to know you, talk to you about music and semi-pro football. This has been a great convo, so thank you for joining the show, man. Man, I appreciate it, and uh, shout out to uh, my cameraman, Pops, shout out to uh, Rob Robinson, me and my entertainment, my manager, and uh, you guys can tap in with me on www.illboy.com. Again, it's www.illboy.com. You can find me, and uh, you can get in tune with all my platforms, and I'm on Spotify, I'm on all platforms, so thank you again.